What is up? Welcome back to the show. Excited for this conversation. Saw an Instagram live last week and it got me fired up. And I reached out to one of the guests on the live and said, I need to have you on the show. We need to talk. Um, I think you got a cool story and also affords the opportunity to talk a little bit about wrestling cards. So we're going to do that. I'm joined by Corey Apocalypse Cards on Instagram. We're going to talk about wrestling cards. We're going to talk about his collection. We're going to talk about shows, a lot of different things. But without further ado, Corey, welcome. How are you doing, man? Thank you so much for having me on. I'm so I've been such a fan of this, uh, catching up on it since I came on Instagram a couple of years back. Uh, very happy to be here talking with one of the great minds in the hobby. So I thank you very much, sir. Appreciate that, man. Um, let's start here. You were at a uh, the Philly Regional Show. You said mm-hmm. you've been going um, for the last 10 years. Whenever I have guests on the show, I like to, especially when they've just been at a show, I want to hear about it. Talk about that show. What did you see? What did you like? Maybe some conversations you had. Sure. Um, great show. And, and thanks for letting me bring it up, too, because I think, you know, the regional shows are so important to the hobby and what we do um, and the in-person interaction. So, um, yeah, I've been going to the, the, the Philly show, as it's affectionately known, for a long time now. A couple great things I noticed. It is officially moved. It used to be held inside of the Valley Casino on the bottom floor, which was cool. But after the madness of the hobby in 2020, it just grew too big. Um, so it officially moved to, it's called the Philadelphia Expo Center, but it's actually in Oaks, Pennsylvania. Plenty of room. Um, it was busy. It was just as busy as you'd expect it to be. I didn't, I, I didn't notice any volume down or anything like that. I would say there was a lot of, uh, a lot of buying, a lot of buying signs up, which is always a really healthy sign. Your mix is your is what I've noticed of the last couple of years um, is your standard mix. Um, if you have Peyton Manning or Tom Brady, you go to the top of the list. Herbert, young QBs, uh, the Burrows, the Herbert. You know, hopefully my man Jalen Hurts starts to get a little bit more love in that side of things. But you would see that. And then, um, you know, 90s basketball um, and 86 Fleers and beautiful vintage um, in I appeal you know, that pops out at you see. So, and it's always been this way at this show. Vendors were fair on prices. I thought I didn't see anything um, out of the ordinary, but yeah, one of the, uh, I would say one of the, the, the big topics was uh, prospecting in baseball, which is great to hear because I feel like that's lost some trajectory over the years in the hobby. It's a tough thing to do, um, but really also, which will lead nicely into our conversation today is some of the, ancillary and tertiary markets of collecting um, and how they're growing and how you're seeing more and more of it. I love that. I got before, before we kind of get into the bulk of the conversation, I got to ask you, and one of the observations that I've made and you're looking at, I know you're a big Eagles guy, Eagles, obviously coming off a, a nice win undefeated. I, then I look over in the AFC and see Miami dolphins undefeated. And I see like, common denominator, both of them made splashy moves at the wide receiver position. And I think that's helping both of those teams out uh, quite a bit, but maybe like, I think I expected a better Eagles team this year. Um, but man, like between Brown Smith, Jalen hurts, like, especially the performance on Sunday was pretty unreal. Like, I know you don't want to get over your skis, but maybe share <laughs> some perspective in your Eagles fandom about how you feel right now. And, what you think this team could do. 
Sure. Thanks again for asking the question. Uh, the love of sports is at the heart of what we do, right? So um, I think it's an exciting year. You know, Philadelphia is a tough, a tough sports city, as most of the U.S. knows. The thing about Philadelphia sports is, yes, we're tough fans, but we're also very educated sports people. Most fans grew up playing sports, around sports, high school sports is huge, all over the tri-state area. So it's educated fans. The split was is Jalen. We all like Jalen Hurts. He's wonderful. He has this great demeanor about him for such a young kid. I think playing on uh, big stages in college and everything, nothing really phases him. But we didn't know if he was the arm, if he was, you know, the decision maker. And he's put that to bed. Um, you know, new coach. Um, but as you made a great point, wide receivers, sometimes um, the biggest difference between Carson Wentz and Jalen Hurts, in my opinion, is Jalen Hurts will throw the ball up and let his wide receivers go, go grab it. He'll let them make the play. That's so much of the NFL these days is the quarterback. Yeah, you got to be able to put it right where it is, but you also got to trust and build that, you know, the, the reputation amongst your teammates to be able to give you a chance to go up and get it. And that's what they're doing. Plus, it has been a long time as a Philadelphia Eagles fan, specifically um, since we've been getting three, four, five, six sacks a game, an interception. You know, if you remember two years ago, we had one interception all year, I believe. So it's like to see this Philly mentality um, coming through is wonderful. I think it's a good thing. Um, we have a super easy schedule. So, um, you know, the over under number for me is 12 games. So I think we're right at that 12-game win right now, and I'd love to see a couple, couple wins in the playoffs, but stay healthy. That's the key to this NFL game. It's good to be hot now. It's more important to be hot later. I got I to gotta touch on it just because I won't have a chance to talk about it, but two things you said um, triggered me in the game for the Colts on Sunday. One, the jump, but like Colts were at the back of their end zone, and Matt Ryan needed to make a play. He let the rookie, Alec Pierce, Go jump ball. Matt Ryan just put it up there, let the kid make the play, and he made the play. So I think that's right. I think like quarterbacks who are trusting their receivers to make plays are the ones that are probably having the most success at this point. Um, I know some of those throws in the saw the highlights of the Eagles game. There was a lot, a lot of those plays, which if you got the guy, the dudes to do it, go do it. And then I got a shout out, former Eagle. Uh Colts had a, had one pick in the game and it was uh Rodney McLeod got the pick on Mahomes to close out the game. So uh had to uh throw some flowers in his direction. It's not not too easy to pick off Patty Mahomes, but that was a big one for us. Good secondary player too. One of the guys that I wish the Eagles could have kept for a while. But yeah. Uh and, and let's not forget, I have love, a lot of love for Frank Reich. So um, you know, I think he's I think regardless of the swings and everything that's happened with the Colts. I think moving forward, hopefully he stays with the Colts, but I think he's a good coach. I like him. I like what he does. What I've got to ask you too, now that all these topics are going to my brain before we move into cards, Doug Peterson in Jacksonville, would, did you expect this already? But I mean, they kicked, they kicked our butts and man, they kicked a, a beat up chargers teams butts, but it, it looks like he might be the right guy for that job and team. He is. I think Doug Peterson's a great coach. I hold no ill will. That whole circumstance of when the Eagles went through letting him go is a wild, bizarre thing. I think that Doug Peterson found himself in a very unfortunate circumstance of a unraveling Carson Wentz falling around him. 
Doug Peterson's a really good guy. I think that's what Jacksonville needed was just a, a genuinely good guy after all the you know faux pas that they've had over the last few years. I think that Trevor Lawrence might be, I think him and Doug Peterson's personalities really mesh. And I think what people have forgotten, a little about cards too, I think what a lot of people have forgotten is just how talented Trevor Lawrence is and how we're seeing that while not always the most important thing, but that traditional build is important to be six foot five, to see over everybody over the line, to be built genetic free. In the days of old, it doesn't always pan out. You know, Dante Culpepper, one of my favorite. I'm a Marshall, you know, I love that. My dad played for him in the 80s. So, you know, all of those things. They matter in today's NFL, no matter how much we try to get. You're not going to find a million Lamar Jackson, right? I mean, he's unbelievable, but he's, he's one in a million. Sometimes it's really important to have that big body, long haired California looking kid because in the 80s and 90s, that's what dominated the NFL for a long time. What's what's I like it. What's old is always new again at some point. <laughs> time is a flat circle, my friend. That's true. You said genetic freak. I thought you were about to start talking about Big Papa Pump, Scott Steiner. <laughs> <laughs> Another prime example. Prime example. Yeah. Genetic. So uh, we're getting it. We're going to get into some wrestling card stuff. But I was looking on your uh, Instagram bio before we got in 25 years in the hobby. So maybe this can be a good segue into everything. Uh, maybe talk about like that experience, like what's kind of changed, what's remained the same. Um, mm-hmm. Anything you want to touch on there before we get into it? Absolutely. And a good line of questioning too. Uh, anybody that's been doing this a long time will have a different story, you know, and, and how they go through this. So maybe if we could put all of uh, everything together. We could find out the right way to do it. I started when I was young, kind of been a, a numbers guy and a statistics guy. And the sports card was the perfect mesh for me. I was an athlete growing up um, and then statistics on the back. So I was you know, I'm 35. So at six and seven years old, flipping it over and following each year, tracking the progression of the stats and having an argument with a friend about Greg Jeffries batting over 400. Yeah, but it was only in 25 games. Yeah, but, it, you know, all of those things. And then as I got a little bit older, I recognized that, you know, 10, 11, 12 years old, there was value involved in this. And there was, um, you know, the ability to, do things we still do today. You know, I got these 10, but if I can make those 10 into that one, it's better. And then when I was 12 years old, I had an affluent uncle um, who gave me a 1909 T206 Ty Cobb Piedmont back card for a birthday. And it was in one of those giant earthquake cases. Um, I coveted it for a long time. It came from an antique shop in New Orleans. And I got that graded actually 20 years after that. And it came back at 2.5. I was so happy. I just wanted it to be real. And it was, and that really hooked me. Um, and then, you know, in high school, I was still buying packs, but as it tends to with the young man, girls and football became more important. And then as I came through the college years and started working again, um, I got back into it and really reinvigorated about 10 years ago. When the legend who we all know and love very much like yourself, the E-Trader, Joey, um, who's been a great guest on, on your cast before, too, 
he and I have been friends a long time, and we started kind of really getting back into it during the Andrew Luck RG3 rush of 2012, which was just a, f- I, I'll never forget at that regional Philly show, seeing uh, top triple threads football and seeing a dual uh, RG3, Andrew Luck get pulled live there, and the mm. vendor who's still there, you know, think that, oh my gosh, $2,500. Oh my gosh, I can't believe the card's worth that much. And, you know, the rush of it all. And then it was about, from that point on, honing your skills um, and realizing that sometimes it's better to buy the card you want instead of the 10 boxes to hit the card you don't. And that's kind of what I went through my that and convincing my wife that it was a valid hobby. She's now, my wife is like a supreme. She knows so much about cards. She's all about it. Um, and my kids now too. So it's been a nice, you know, and I, I've always been a 90s collector for sports cards. Rare 90s stuff is what I've always collected. You know, I've bought and sold a lot over the years, but you name it, I've owned it at some point. Some I don't like to admit that I owned in the past, but because five years ago, they weren't what they are today. So, but it really, for me, it's always been um, rarity um, as opposed to collectability. I like something to be rare. Totally. Those are flip floppable, uh, you know, whichever you prefer. But for me, I like rarity. I like being able to say, well, yeah, you've got that name, but you'll never have one of these. A joke amongst us 90s collectors used to be when people would complain about price, your response could be, okay, go find another one. Don't worry, I'll wait. Because it's it's true rarity and true, you know, there's not 200 of a lot of these cards and stuff. So that that's where it started. Um, and that's what it was throughout most of my collecting career. 2020, things got crazy and, and uh, in a good way. Um, and then we were all humbled a year later in a good way and where we settled, you know, the zoom out effect, right. Where we've settled as the market in general, it is super healthy. Um, it's still fun. There's things that everybody is afraid of. That's part of it. That's part of being a fan. Don't buy something that you won't mind if it's really not worth anything. And if it's not one of those things, sell it. I'm not saying don't hold it or whatever, but your plans have to change. And really for me, that's kind of what led me to wrestling cards believe it or not, was, uh, you know, and if you don't mind, I'll just roll into that topic unless you'd like me to stop here and ask something else. I don't know. I, I only think I was going to comment on and I didn't want it to get glossed over because you mentioned getting your wife on board. And there's mm-hmm. this is this is an important thing. because a lot of people I know get some pushback for the mail days, the significant others and everything. Here, here's what I did. Just go collect wrestling figures and memorabilia titles, things that take up a ton of space. And then say, hey, honey, like, I'm going to sell this stuff. You're going to have all this space back. And then just go put it into cards. <laughs> Less space. <laughs> good that, idea. That, that's what worked for me. The shrink of the footprint. That's actually a really, that's a good idea. Yeah. And look, my, I'll, I'll be honest. So Friday was the start of the card show. And, I, you know, I had a busy week. I travel a lot for work. And work is busy and could be stressful. And Thursday, I guess it was, maybe it was Friday morning. I wasn't able to make the show on Friday and my, my wife comes in and she sits next to me and she gives me a hug and I can feel, I'm like, what is this in your shirt? And she pulls out a box of select and then, right. So, and I'm like, you didn't have to. She's like, I know I hope. And then she comes back. She did that two times. She bought me three boxes of select. We had a blast opening them. And I came home from the show with three more boxes. When my kids sat down and they opened, my daughter loves Candace LeRae. 
um, in the, in the WWE. So, you know, it's, there's more of that. If I were to open baseball cards, my daughter would be like, well, uh, I like the wrestling. I like the, the, you know, that whole aspect. So having the significant other on your side makes them realize, but our side as the collectors is never get mad at your money. Mm. You have people to take care of and there's something sitting in your box and it's going to make your life and your kid's life a little easier, a little better, a little more fun. Go ahead and move it because at the end of the day, when we pass, we take nothing with us. Mm -hmm. So, you know, hold, don't hold on to those possessions. Like it's, this is a hobby. It's fun. There's things I'm not going to sell. Sorry, babe. But when the time comes, if you have that opportunity, don't be stubborn and don't get mad at your money. Cause we, this, this hobby has afforded us the ability to do that. Absolutely. I love that. So let's get into the wrestling stuff. How long have you been collecting wrestling cards? Maybe talk about that track. Like what got you sucked in specific products? Um, mm -hmm. Share some perspective there. Absolutely. So wrestling cards for me, I remember 2001 Fleer. Um, I remember that the, it was a WWF product still. Um, I remember my brother pulled the dual patch of the Dudley boys. And I thought it was, the, you know, I was I was the same kid in middle school and even in the beginning of high school. But he had a trampoline with the cage around. it, And man, we did the pay-per-views and you know, I was I was watching live with a lot of those things, um, you know, when we lost the nugget, when uh, every time, the sh you know, the taker extended a streak, all of these things were a part of me. And really, I, I missed the boat on wrestling. And what had happened was coming through COVID and the pandemic year, or as I like to call it on the card effect, the last dance effect. Um, I think we could write a book as collectors about it is once the last dance. That brought mainstream relativity to the card market because nobody could go bet on sports at the time. So, uh, you know, COVID had shut everything down. So as we came through that and uh, what I found was is that a lot of it became repetitive. I felt like I was trying to buy a Kobe and then six months later, it was worth so much money I had to sell it. And then I'm buying another Kobe because I, for me, um, and I know this isn't the sentiment of everybody, and I'm not hating, I have a box of that stuff, but I needed something fresh to do. And, and really what got me started was I bought, you know, I was watching Princess Bride one night, enjoying Andre the Giant. And I realized that, you know, I had seen um, E-Trader had gotten a, an Andre a couple, couple months prior, and I noticed, oh, those Mike Tyson stuff's coming up. Those paninis are okay so boxing okay and i went and i bought an andre 82 um wrestling stars and i fell in love with it i it literally that single card opened the world and before you know it i had uh i i had an 85 or an 87 bret hart and then i had an 85 hogan and then it was when i discovered the 2014 tops chrome set i think it's the most important wrestling set i would actually argue it might be the most important 2014 set that exists in the entire hobby across all sports. And the reason I say that is it's the sh by far the shortest printed modern top set that's ever existed. You can't find boxes. The rumor amongst wrestling collectors and some of those people that are really good with numbers and base um, is there were 250 hobby cases. That's it. 
Um, that's the number I've heard. Mostly every hobby box has two gold refractors in it, which have a print run of 50. So with that said, you know, uh, um, there can't be many of them out there. Um, one of the reasons I was drawn to wrestling, just pull up the pop report. They don't exist. And let me tell you something. There's not a bunch of product out there. It's not something you're going to find a ton of ever. And that's for modern. Even now, if you look at how Panini print goes, WWE Select will run out until they run a second one if they decide to. Local card shops around me, they it's hard to find. Prices haven't dropped. In fact, they're able to charge a little bit more over MSRP um, because people want it. So for me, it was 2014, discovering 2015, the Topps Chrome Seth, realizing that there was legends to be had um, and the new fun, uh, you know, people that and wrestlers and really also, too, was the women's division is so much fun and i people that haven't watched wrestling in 10 15 years go back in and watch it now it is not the 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 alexa blisses and sasha banks's and Liv morgan's it's the most fair and non-sexist market that exists in today i love it you know as a father to a daughter you know she can get in and not have to work you know if she wants to collect the stinky old men wrestlers she can do that too because we love them in this house too but she has the ability um and we're all fans i mean you 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 can't turn off a charlotte flair match it's remarkable so those are a lot of the reasons that brought me into it that i think it lost in a lot of what we do now and then we also had a licensing end which in collectability changes the game and anybody that's been doing this a long time knows that um there is no more tops wrestling so send it all here, you know, that, that we will, we'll never have it again. So that's kind of the, what drew me in. And one last quick thing that I always like to bring up when I'm talking to give perspective last year's Super Bowl, I always say this, who announced the Super Bowl? biggest North American event, who was out there to bring the crowd, the rock at the end of the game, as I'm watching as, as the Rams run around all excited, I was happy for them. And I'm watching one of the ESPN, I think I believe it was ESPN commentators trying to get interviews. She's trying to get interviews over here, and they can't pull these five or six players away from taking pictures with the belt on. They just won the Super Bowl, but they want to put the belt on. And I realize that fandom for this is in your blood, and there's a big thing it has over football. I hate to say this as a football collector, too. It's an international market. And people are fans of Hulk Hogan in Japan, in South America. Man, if there's anybody in Antarctica, they're a fan of Hulk Hogan. So I think that's a story that a lot of people need to put in their minds when even if you're not a fan and you're a vendor or whatever, you need to have some. I love all of this. On the women's revolution, women's division front, I mean, just this week, saw on the AEW product, saw you know, Britt Baker bleeding from the face. That was freaking awesome. And then you saw on SmackDown, Liv Morgan coming crashing to a table. I mean, Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. And by the way, isn't um, the Britt Baker, she's a dentist. Yes. She's Real a life. Dentist. She's a doctor. So that's so yeah. cool. See, I, I and, and now we have, uh, what, what is Paige going by now? She's uh, Sarai. Sarai. Terrific ring presence. She was always... Remar, she grew up in like a wrestling family with brothers, yeah. just beat the hell out of each other. Amazing. And also, too, like there are a lot of NBA and NFL players that could go 
walk in the streets in other countries and pe- wouldn't get bothered. People wouldn't know who they were. Roman Reigns walks in the street anywhere in the world. He's getting mocked, right? Absolutely true. <laughs> and, and I argue that that might even go to tier two guys and gals. Yeah. But you know what I mean? I mean, they're really the fandom in terms of how I've related collectability and, and buying cards and what's right and what's a good buy versus what's a bad buy history, right? Fandom. And those two things are, and then again, the spectrum, how big it can be. There is no bigger stage. You've got two amazing wrestling division, you know, wrestling companies to go watch now. Um, so it's, it's bet, even better than it was from an Attitude Era guy. So it's, you know, we're, we're, we're going into a new time. Panini wouldn't have wanted the license, right? They wouldn't have wanted to be in this game if they didn't see a big future. If they're not talking to Triple H, the powers that be, saying, and he's saying it's going to get bigger. We're not stopping. So I agree with you on that, man. So, so I, I, similar path to you, like there's a bunch of stuff that I didn't necessarily relate with as I was trying to navigate the waters of wrestling cards. But is the for me, it was the 2014 Topps Chrome set too. Like sucked me in for all the reasons that you said. And, continue to collect and then you had the licensing change and i think let's talk about the licensing change i think initially right uh panini launches with prism and my expectations were okay i got a few thousand bucks here i'm going to be able to clean up and get all the gold prisms of all the guys and gals that i want and that wasn't the case what had happened was every investor crowd saw a new shiny product everyone came in spent a bunch of money that raised the prices of everything. And then we saw everyone leave, prices go down. Couple things. Number one, like the gold prisms of guys and gals that I still desire, like they're not popping up anywhere. I, I can't, I'm turning over rocks. I can't find these things. So that's one point that I'd love for you to maybe talk about. And then two, like select. I think you've been a big select advocate. I like select a lot. It's been different. It's been more moderate, not as parabolic. I know we want to get into it deeper, but maybe like Panini new license, like what have you seen since um, they've, they've grabbed it and started put, putting out new product? Great question. And you know, look, base pr- prism Panini's, you know, Hallmark product. I remember, you know, me and I, E-Trader and I, who I mentioned earlier, you know, Joey and I, we've collected a long time. We used to go into targets after work and you couldn't, nobody wanted 2012 prison in 2012, right? Looking back, my God, I wish I bought every one I had, right? Basketball alike. Nobody wanted that product. It was all contenders, you know, even before contender, you know, football, that was the product tops Chrome. And again, still other licensing. So look, we, we were still coming off the WrestleMania Roman range trajectory that put WWE in this crazy field of play for, for some period of time. Um, and then it cooled off and corrected as it should, as they all do. And I think what they, they, you know, like you said, when you have first off the line products really become the actual print of the real product, like that's actually the short printed product and everything, anything else kind of just becomes extra and i think there's nothing wrong with the looks of the cards there's but when you go from twelve hundred dollars a box to three hundred dollars a box you showed your true colors in terms of release however the other side to that is it seems to me like they listened when they did select it seems to me 
Dude, look, then they then they went into revolution, right? They went into to revolution and they 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 flubbed that too. That's a sixty dollar hobby box. Okay, panini. I just got a DM about that today. Dave and Adams go buy a, the box for sixty bucks, which is crazy. But but that's that's what it always should have been. Exactly. Because in basketball, if if we go by you know draw our apples to apples, be a product, a, you could buy a box of basketball revolution for one hundred ninety nine bucks, right? So there's no way that wrestling <laughs> should be anywhere near that, right? So, so if you if if your denominator is divided by five, because mm-hmm. that might be literally what it is, by the time they got to select, it really felt to me like they were listening. Like they said, let's take this approach of building this product for fans while also giving them a chase. Cody Rhodes is a chase. Stephanie McMahon is a chase. Those cards in their base present, any card in the select set that only has a ringside parallel is insanely short printed. And they, they did that for all aspects of everyone that wanted to collect a little bit of everything. You're right. A lot of that stuff, especially for base prism, is not showing up. A lot of the gold, I think, number one, they're still in a lot of boxes. I think everybody should be buying boxes of Prism right now because $300 is a steal. Regardless of anything, it's a steal. Three, 400 bucks. You, even if you don't want to crack them, go keep them in a box. If they're worth it. So I think also, too, a lot of collectors spent a lot of money on some of those golds when they first came out, and they're kind of looking at each other going, I'm not selling it. I can't. I'm not going to. I'm not going to sell that. They're not wrong because I see very, very long with wrestling. If you're an investment guy or gal in wrestling, it's long money. So have fun in the meantime. You can't do that in any of the other sports. It feels like at least. No doubt about it. And maybe touching on the ringsides, the the ringside, I think from, uh, I've always been a field level guy in football. Always thought they were cool cards. A lot Mm -hmm. of the guys I PC, I collect those. Ringside immediately drawn to those cards, especially ringside golds, the photography, just there's just incredible wrestling cards. So I know you have been um, kind of chasing even maybe talk about the ringside golds and you got to share some perspective on kind of your your Cody run that you've been on, because I think there's probably a story or two to tell in there. Sure. And, you know, you, you bring up a really good point. The, the ring side seems to be, and I'm sure it's not across the board with this. I was thinking about this in preparation for us talking today. It seems like the ring side ends up being the culmination card. Mm. Seems like, you know, if a player has each level, right? For, for anyone listening that doesn't know, it works the same as all other sports. Concourse, premier, ring side like field level or whatever, you know, the, the highest level is. Um, they fall two per box in the base version. Very difficult. But all that said, it kind of feels like, you know, if you, if you look at Hulk Hogan's cards, you know, if you look at his concourse and you work your way up, you kind of progress in the white trunks in the concourse. Uh, the juice hadn't kicked in as hard yet at that point in his career. Um, it, it was more... Uh, um, the bro, uh, what what were they? The, you know, when it was him and Macho Man early in their early in their careers as, as a as a team together, only to mega powers. Players. Yes, there you go. Right, so it's it like 85, 86, You know, and then as you progress on, 
you're getting Hulkamania in the ringside. You're getting, you know, all these things. I really, I really, I really like how they did that. For anybody who follows me, I'm a giant Mick Foley fan and always have been a giant Mick Foley fan. And this is exactly what I'm talking about. This is one of the things Select just nailed. Everybody, everybody who collects wrestling, everybody likes wrestling, likes Mick Foley. But you seldom have a chance. Basically, you know, you have old stuff, you can buy a cactus jack, right? And then you get in the middle of his career, if he even has a card, you know, from the 90s, which he barely does, it's all maybe one or two Mankind cards. And then somewhere in the mid-2000s, he's just Mick Foley. And what Select did is they broke it down by a level. You have your concourse as Mick Foley. You have your premier level as Cactus Jack. You have your ringside level as Mankind, who was the champion of the bunch, so deservedly so. And then you go over to the mezzanine level on the retail side, and you finally get a dude love card. Because anybody that's a Mick fan... Talk about the tie-dye parallel. <laughs> and that's literally what... That, that, was, that was a chase for me um, almost immediately once I realized that he was the... Um, the chase if the mezzanine level was dude love and you know i don't know how well you could see it on here but there's my man and again this is this is part of it is it looks really good in gold too mm. so you have this ability to build to tailor your collection based on how you want to collect if you want to be if you if you want to collect select and you want to be chaser of the money you go buy your rock gold God bless you. I want them too. You're going to be competing against me and Brett and all these other guys trying to get that's all the, the undertakers, the Hogan's, the rock. But if you want to build your old school faction that you love, for me, it was the heart foundation. Once I realized that the anvil had a card in this set, I almost lost my mind. He doesn't <laughs> have fun. You can build, you can build a family tree of the my family. You can go all the way back. The, you have The Rock, you have Rocky Johnson, you have the King Maivay's grandfather, not to mention Solo Sokoa, the Uso brothers. You can literally have a Polynesian family tree of some of the greatest wrestlers ever. What I hope is as they go on, they pull the sheet back further and we get some Von Erich's card. We get some, you know, some of the guys that you ask The Undertaker, if you ask Stone Cold, who their heroes are, who the, mm-hmm. I want them in the product too. And they're starting. It's Luthez. Oh, those please. sorts of names. Buddy Rogers. Yes. Go all the way back. Gorilla Monsoon. You know, you need, you need some of these superstars because we didn't have that in wrestling. We don't have vintage ability pre, you know, Menko cards of wrestling in the 1970s, which are all hand cut and hurt my eyes as is. So we don't have that ability. Here's a here's a question on that because um, uh, people have asked uh, me that, and I it's it's different. I just say it's different in wrestling when people like are like, oh, I don't collect post year player cards of guys. I just feel like, you know, if I'm collecting select, it's like, and I'm a Stone Cold fan, I'm gonna try to go get the Stone Cold out of that. It's it's almost like that like rule doesn't even apply to wrestling cards. Do you agree with that? That's such. Such a good point and probably something that I've been trying to articulate that I think <laughs> you just did. You're spot on because the fandom is different. One of the conversations I had with a guy 
at, at the card show this weekend. A big, a big vendor. Great, great guy. No names, of course, but y'all, y'all know him and, and his team. And we were talking about wrestling. And, um, you know, one of the things we t- I talked to him about is I said, I said, look over there. And we looked over. And it was the Pokemon and uh, TCG, uh, which, by the way, I have a box up. I'm a collector. I collect everything. So I, he looks over there and I said, that's why are they busier? And he said, well, I had a lot of this guy and he got hurt and this and that. And I said, right. Charizard can't get hurt, can he? And he was like, well, no. And I said, Charizard will never get a, he'll never catch a, catch a, a break, a, break a law. He'll never, you know, have a bad press conference. None of that will ever happen. Right. And I said, you super, and I am, I play college football, all this stuff, big sports guys. That's fake, fake. Okay. As opposed to debating you on what's fake or not, I said something earlier is don't get mad at your money. Why can't you just realize that all of these guys that are in the ring were champions in the sports that you love to watch? All of them, all of them from the men and the women's side. Okay. Gold, gold medalists, national champions, whatever you want to say. Wrestling cards are where sports cards and TCG collecting meet in the middle. Okay. So you have the differences you have. There's more control by the company on who's the champion. But as fans know, it's not always about who's the champion. It's about who excels on the mic. It's about who's who just did something in the ring that made my head hurt. Who proved to be a hero to the fan base and who proved to be the meanie to the fan base? You know, that's the whole dynamic of babyface and heels, villains and heroes in wrestling it's controlled know who wins is definitely probably not the best way to determine what happens in a wrestling ring um you know go back and look at the history of wrestling you know goldberg was supposed to lose five or six times before they convinced them so i think that's the interesting opportunity is that you have a athletic giving in this collection and yet there's a fantasy element involved. And I asked that dealer, I said, you have all these sports cards and you've got Luke Skywalker rookie card in a PSA slab right there. How can you not have Hulk Hogan card? It doesn't make any sense. You can't, there, there's no reason to not have Roman Reigns and Cody Rhodes. You want a prospect? Buy a guy named Braun Breaker. We all see it. We all know it. We love legacies in wrestling. So all the stuff that sports guys and gals love is here. All the stuff that the fantasy element people love is here, but most importantly is the product is built for fans. That's what sucks me in. No doubt about it. I want to hear about your, uh, I posted mine because you knew, I knew I had to get one once I saw you. I had been trying, but I couldn't find one because you all were snatching them up. So That's I finally true. got my Cody, Cody Rhodes gold ringside, which only 10 copies. I know you, Drake, I know Two of the other, so we got three over here. Um, but you've you've also got you, you've done some work on that. You've got a big card, the one of one. I think uh, connection with Cody, obviously, he's comes from the legacy. Just transitioned to AEW, broke the world with his WrestleMania, broke the world even further with his torn pec performance at Hell in a Cell against Rollins, and just it just when that 
motherfucker comes back and goes after Roman for that title. The whole world is going to explode. I can I can feel the adrenaline right now. So yeah. maybe t- talk a little bit about like your attraction to Cody, the run you've been on with the select product with them. Sure. And a, a great thing, because I think Co- I think Cody Rhodes is really important for not only the WWE, but I think he's really important for for the card market in WWE collecting. Um, a guy that has rarely any cards. He doesn't have a ton of cards. Um, he has some, right? But he, this is his first Panini card is from Select. He's on the cover of the box, you know? So the WWE licensing sees something with him. What I love about Cody Rhodes is if you go, number one, I, I mean, come on, I was a huge fan of Dusty. And by the way, I don't have it. I was hoping to have it. But to match the Cody Rhodes ringside black. <laughs> I knew it. I, knew I have it. the I have the Dusty Rhodes black coming in too because I needed the father-son connection. And <laughs> if they had gold dust in, I'd be grabbing that too. But the key is I was a fan of Dusty, and I am have always been such an outward outspoken fan of gold dust because I think I you put the longevity of that career and what he was able to mm. do and stay relevant in one of the wackiest gimmicks that you've ever seen. And yet he could go toe to toe with any of them, a presence in the ring, a technical monster. You can mm. tell he comes from a wrestling family, right? When you take a bump, when you take a hit, you will blow your mind in what he was able to do. And I love that Cody never lost touch with that family. They never gave a belt. They, they never let the Rhodes family get the big belt. They never let them get it. And they never. And then here comes Cody blowing up the world in AEW in both an executive role and is the champion. And then as he comes back, what's he do? He puts a big old tattoo on his neck. He dyes his hair blonde. He keeps the hair blonde to, to show homage to his family. And one of his first matches back. He pulls the cartwheel gold dust move when he's beating the hell out of Seth, who is one of the most underestimated uh, wrestlers of all time is Seth Rollins. He's one of the technically best wrestlers you could ever watch and a guy that'll die for the sport. That's what we love is all the winners. Wonderful. But the losers have to lose. That's a hard thing to do. And I think Cody Rhodes coming back showed his toughness. And he's showing the the brash. You could call him a baby face, but you might regret calling him a baby face. I'll call him the hero for right now. We need that champion. Roman's a heel. He's not really a heel. He's handsome. My wife likes him. Like, come on. He's not really a heel. It's a different dynamic. Brock, heel face. This could be. You know, the, the, the real put out of the show, we might have, you know, Triple H is one of the greatest ever because he owned the heel role for so long that he became a hero because people just it didn't matter anymore. And I think Cody, his technical ability, he's a miraculous wrestler. He's miraculously tough. He has overcome a lisp to be one of the greatest on the mic you've ever heard. He's so good at it. And I think, I'm not sure, you know, I think, I'm not sure if it's WrestleMania 23. I hope it's in Philly in 2024. Uh, Not really, but 
I think The Rock gets a shot to lose to Roman, believe it or not. And then once that defense is over, I think it's Cody's for the taking. And I think hopefully they keep Seth Rollins involved because I would love to see that keep going because they're such good matches. And in terms of cards, Cody's rare. Um, I've gone back and collected some of his in- inaugural top stuff. It's really hard to find, like in a black top parallel from 2009. They're out of 40. From 2009, you're not going to find many of those cards ever. He's worth buying. He's worth holding on to. This is one of the things the collectors that don't want to do wrestling are going to miss out on. We that watch know he's going to be in the championship conversation. He is a headliner. Um, and if you're worried about the money aspect of collecting, that should make you feel pretty safe. We saw what happened to Roman last, you know? So all those things. And again, like, like you mentioned, one of the, the set itself just lends it. This is the chase card. Cody Rhodes is the chase card. So if you see by his base, I've been in probably 12 case breaks. And out of those 12, I brought, I bought Cody Rhodes in every single case break. And I would say I got three base cards. That's all I've gotten from him. Three base cards. Now, I also, the fourth card was a green out of five. Okay, all right, I was lucky on that one. But that said, you know, there's just not a lot of opportunity to get him for other stuff. Obviously, the king card, in my opinion, is the 2014 Topps Chrome, Cody, Cody, which you are very familiar with, if I may say so. One of the nicest copies I've seen. And I believe, I believe Drake has the other. Yeah, I have one, too, and it's raw. And now I don't want to grade it and be the one with the nine. <laughs> you'll get a 10 you'll you'll get a 10 we we could use some room over here one yeah, thing i right. want uh, we, uh, we're gonna we're gonna span a lot of different topics but just focusing in on wrestling was completely yeah. acceptable here um what i wanted to just comment on just for people who might not be in the wrestling bubble that we're in i'll say this in you talking about the product and talking about what could happen makes me want to I feel obligated to say this as a wrestling fan. I've watched my entire life. Triple H in control now. What I have seen since he has gained control is probably, I used to just wait and watch Raw and fast forward it. I can't freaking wait to watch Raw tonight because everything's getting better. He knows what people like us want to watch. He knows how to tell stories and that is shining through. So I think as more uh, existing wrestling fans and wrestling fans coming in who are getting exposed to it say, holy shit, this is a lot more exciting that, than I last saw it. I think that's only going to mean really, really good things for wrestling cards in the wrestling card market. And I think, and I'm a believer because I like this guy. I think like Cody Rhodes is, is a gu- good guy to put your money on because WW machine is already behind him and everybody can't fucking wait for this guy to come back and continue to tell this story. So well said. And you're right. Triple, you know, when triple H at, at the helm, you're right. It, it, it felt good immediately to me um, because he's been such an icon for such a long time, both inside and outside of the ring. I really think will be great for the, the, the role that Vince leaves vacant of, the man upstairs that can get on the mic. I mean, Triple A, the game is, he's one of the greatest at ever doing it. And I really think that I couldn't agree more with you. And I think he's very um, aware of the world now and things that they need to be doing to keep it entertaining. And you're already starting to see some of the name changes, some of the additions, some of who you hear. Um, Man of Strowman comes back, like, 
are you kidding me? There's another guy. Go anybody that, that watches this. Okay. The only, this is not an influencer. This is nothing of the sort. You can cut this out, bro. If you want, if you want to have some fun, number one, go watch them. Go watch Braun Strowman in the ring. It's miraculous how powerful some of these people can be. And number two, go buy his card. If he comes back to WWE, he'll be huge. People like me, people like Brett, people like other collectors are chomping, waiting for a guy like this to come back. And let's not forget who's the head at the helm of development now. It's the heartbreak kid. Shawn Shawn Michaels, who in his older age has become one of the most wisdom-filled, humble, sweet dudes. You Mm -hmm. see all these interviews about him. He is literally throwing his secrets, maybe some of the best in-ring secrets you'll ever see. Um, in in I mean, I'm, okay, I'm biased, right? Shawn Michaels have, but if you go around that locker room now and say who's who's the most important, they go, oh my heartbreak kid, man. I'm learning more from that guy. He's keeping it alive. So that's what we have to look forward to, as opposed to Roger Goodell making some other stupid decision or the American inflate inflation market gets so high that it hurts football and if it hurts football there's nobody else outside north america to buy cards from so it it changes the dynamic a little bit of that and in all the other sports we're about to see greats lebron's period is over the hump now so we've got greats going to be leaving the game in basketball so we've got to wait for that bubble to come back up that's my opinion I love it. Let's close it out with this. I think so much of what you said were talked about reasons, what got you into wrestling cards, what you love. And a lot of it was around guys you love and that's why you collect. And so maybe close it out. Anyone listening who's interested in getting the wrestling card space. It's not like go buy this guy and invest and hope that their cards go up next week or overnight. Like my feedback's always been like go have fun and buy the cards of guys you like i would imagine you might be somewhere similar but maybe just share some perspective for anyone who's been in gone away but looking to come back into wrestling cards you hit the nail on the head and number one most important thing especially in wrestling buy who you like because if you're worried about the money aspect of it realize that your fandom is in wrestling is shared with many others so you don't really have much to worry about in that sense, in terms of going up or down in that aspect for smaller purchases. Number two, what I did for me, I always have a qualification in sports, in basketball, in anything, and that is Hall of Famer or will be a Hall of Famer. So, like one of the guys I have a bunch of cards from, and I love, I love him. If you're a wrestling fan, you love him. So I love Booker T. Right. Like, I think he was the what do they call him? The most beloved champion ever. Right. Like, because everybody just loved him when he when he had the belt very, very well in WCW days, but super talented, super nice guy and um, Hall of Famer. So my my separate was Hall of Famer champion. So what I would say you do is if this sounds fun to you, go back, spend five minutes. It won't be hard for you to think about who is yours or who is your father's favorite wrestler. Right. Because that's kind of like how, who, you know, your dad or your uncle or your grandfather or your mother or your aunt, whoever it is. Think of that person's favorite wrestler and then think of your favorite champion when you were a kid. Now, if you're in our age, you know, you're going to be in the attitude era. You might be disappointed when you first see that the rock is the most expensive guy. So what helped me with that 
was I had this thought one day, well, who made the rock, the rock in the ring? Okay. So who's always going to be tied to the rock? And the answer is Stone Cold Steve Austin. The answer is The Undertaker. The answer is Mick Foley. The answer, you know, all of, all of the Triple H, all of these guys and gals that had some tie to it. If you ever want to think that there's a gravy train to ride, that's one thing you can't do in other sports, right? There's only one quarterback on the field. Wide receivers, running backs. It, in terms of value, we don't like to spend the money on them. So that really did something for me was when I realized that. I'm not going to be able to get every gold the rock card because Drake has them all. So I, I, I was never going to be able to have them all. And darn it, why is he such a good, nice guy, too? He's like one of the <laughs> best guys you'll ever meet. He, yeah, he's got one of the greatest collections you'll ever see. But that helped me also, too. And then, you know, when you said have fun, build out a faction. Go grab your favorite tag team. You know, go and you have the ability to go, like I said, your father, your grandfather, your mother, your grandmother, your aunt, your uncle, their favorite wrestler. Go back and get those guys and gals, because at the end of the day, I've said this to people I've worked with before about sports cards, got a bunch of friends that like stock market. Sure. It's always fun to have some cards, too. You buy a card that if it caught whatever it costs you in 20 years when you're, you're showing your grandkids or your kids or whoever your wall of stuff. You would have that card on that wall, no matter the value, because you loved Dan Marino, because you love the Macho Man, because you love you're going to tell that story, whether it's a five dollar card or five thousand dollar card. Right. Cody Rhodes. I love him. That's your mood. You know, th these are the moods for Braun Breaker. These young guys look for rookie cards in wrestling cards. It's rare, guys. An RC on a wrestling card is rare. They didn't used to do that all the time. Look for on card autos. Anything in a slab is rare. And don't forget, if you go vintage back into the 80s, don't forget the Opeachy side of things. Even more short printed and rare. And if you ever get a chance to go hand in hand against the top card, an Opeachy card is prettier, especially for some of that vintage stuff. That would be my advice. You buy the goats, the big names. Hulk Hogan is the safest buy in sports entertainment, in my opinion. So that's what I would say. And have fun. Have fun and, and talk. Talk to the community, Brett, Drake, myself, Gelman, all of these guys and gals are some, they are some of the best people you'll ever meet and are full of information and willing to give it to you for nothing. So everybody looks out for each other in wrestling, which has been the most fun part for me. I think after I got done watching your live, I reposted it and I think I said, go wrestling cards, go. And that's how I feel right now. I just want to run through a wall, get on eBay and spend all my money. That's all I want to do. Corey. It's true. It's true. <laughs> hey, everyone follow him at apocalypse cards. Corey, man, this was fun. So many more topics to digest too. We'll have to get you back on to talk. Thanks, man. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate it anytime. And thanks for all you do, man. It's so appreciated. I had a ton of fun talking to Corey about cards, sports, wrestling, all of the above. Go follow him at Apocalypse Cards on Instagram. You all have a fun-filled, collector-driven weekend. Spend some time with the family. Do all the chores. Get your stuff done so you can take that time and enjoy the damn hobby. Take care of yourself. Take care of others around you. We'll be back. More Stacking Slabs next week. Peace.